Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, babes. Welcome to another episode of the Believe in Bravo Besties podcast. It's your host, Diana Jebia. And before we get started... Just got to remind you to follow me on TikTok and Instagram at Diana Jebbia, G-E-B-B-I-A. And then make sure while you're there, you follow Believe, too. They're just on Instagram at Believe Pop Culture and Believe Podcast. That's spelled B-L-E-A-V, like Sesame Street with the letters already in the spelling. <laughs> um, how have you been doing? I'm Okay. Um, been a crazy few weeks, as you know, I'm home for the holidays for just a little bit. Um, and I feel like I've been running up and down the state like a chicken with his head cut off. That's usually what happens when I visit home. I'm, I'm ready to go back. I love my friends. I love my family. But um, I feel like I live a fulfilling, not that it's not fulfilling here, but it's fulfilling in a different way. God, I'm sticking all my feet in my mouth. Yet relaxed lifestyle in California. So I'm hustling and I'm doing everything, but like I'm doing it on my own time. And here I'm just like the Tasmanian devil spinning into crap and it's just not pretty. So I'm ready to go back. I am so ready to go back. Um, Thanksgiving is in a couple days, which is exciting. I can't believe it's Thanksgiving. I feel like it was just yesterday when we were getting ready for the summer. Um, I'm thinking about doing on my page to look for it this week, like the top housewives responses to avoiding conversations at the Thanksgiving dinner table. So like one idea I have is like clip clip from Dorinda from the Real Housewives in New York. So yeah, look for that. Um, Let's just dive right in and spill some Bravo tea while I have you here. And we are all sitting together on this lovely whatever day you're listening to this podcast. Um, first thing I want to talk about, it looks like Lala and Randall's split is for realsies. Like, they confirmed, but even more confirmed than a tabloid report is some new ink on Lala's forearm. Because if you remembered, she had Rand on her forearm. You know, obviously, Rand for Randall. Um and his nickname's Rand. You knew that. She got it, like, not a cover-up, because I don't want to say the tattoo wasn't covered. It's like an addition that makes it a different tattoo. So she put a B in front of the Rand and added the word new. So it's brand new, which I like this little play on things, too. Like, first of all, thank God his name is Rand. And also, thank God she didn't put Randall. Like, I saw someone said, imagine if she put Randall on her arm, then she couldn't be, like, Brandall new. But also, like, thank God his name is Rand. Could you imagine? Okay, sorry. My ex is going to kill me for this, but it doesn't matter because we don't really talk anyway. But, like, let's say I had his name, which is Dan, tattooed on my arm. What am I going to cover it up with? Dandy? I'm Dandy? Like... Dandelion? I don't know. So she's really lucky she was engaged to someone who had an easy, modifiable body art name. But like, listen, I'm not here to shame people on their tattoo decisions um, because I'm sure people would criticize my gorgeous little butterfly tattoos, even though they're the best tattoos in the whole world. But we should not be getting our partner's name tattooed on us. It is the kiss of death. 
That is a surefire way to end your relationship. I know I'm going to get so much hate for this, but this is just what I believe. I'm a huge believer in jinxes, and I feel like that is a surefire way to kick your relationship down the toilet. I mean, look at Lala. Clearly, she's not the shining example of what to do in a relationship, but it didn't work for her. I'm just saying it's not going to work for anyone else. Oh, more Bravo news, which it's not like technically from Bravo, but this is still Bravo related. I was on an episode of Dumpster Dive, a reality TV deep dive, the podcast with Tom and Kicks Hamlet. I freaking love them. By the way, I had Tom on a few episodes ago. So if you haven't uh, heard that episode, you should definitely check it out. Want to get kicks on as well. We recapped um, Twas the Fight Before Christmas, which is um, the Real Housewives of New Jersey episode where they have Joe and Melissa have the big charity Christmas party for the kids with the toys. And a whole fight breaks out because Kim D. Was it Kim D or Kim G? It was Kim G, I think, brings... Monica Chacon, who uh, is the lawyer that was suing Teresa in the bankruptcy case. So we like whenever I talk with them, it's just like chatting with people I feel like I've known forever, but have never actually met in real life. So make sure you check that episode out. It was seriously so much fun hanging out with them. Um, They are brother and sister. And I want to like Photoshop myself into all their family photos ASAP. That's how much I love them. And I think you will want to, too. So definitely go ahead and check that out. Okay, the next bit of tea um, that we have to go into is the whole Jen Shaw stew. uh, I was going to call him Stu Stewart. That's definitely not his name. Stuart Smith. Um, the, The laundering charges and the telemarketing fraudulent charges that were brought against him. So they both originally pleaded not guilty. Um. And we all knew that, but I'm getting this new piece of info from page six that Stu, Stu Chains, as Jen calls him, which sounds terrible when I say it, by the way, um, he changed his plea to guilty, which means a lot of things for this case, okay? So let me read you this direct quote from page six, because this is some juicy stuff. He said, I knowingly and intentionally discuss and engage with other individuals to develop a plan or operation to obtain money by false representation, by offering and inducing individuals, many of whom were over 50 years of age or older, to provide money to entities that I and others were involved with. So we're going to hit the pause button there and back it up a little bit. So in that quote, Stu is admitting to, so he's saying that he engaged with others to develop a plan, blah, 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 to entail the money by false representation. So he worked with others to scam people who were over 50 years of age or older, which is what he was being accused of, defrauding the elderly. I guess that's what you can call it. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I tell you this like every episode. Um, so he's admitting guilt there. Now, what we also know is that Jen Shaw was insisting she's innocent. I mean, it's her freaking tagline. Um, and also on this recent episode where you see her going to her lawyer and he's like, I know you're innocent. And I'm like, mm, do you, do you? Um, but again, everyone's innocent until proven guilty. Don't, sh- don't sue me, Jen Shaw. Him pleading guilty Stu pleading guilty could be a game changer in this case because he could then cooperate and then provide evidence that maybe implicates Jen Shaw's guilt 
Um, ooh, there's more quotes. We love a quote. He said he became aware that these telemarketing companies were misleading customers of those entities by selling individuals, many of them who were older than 50 years of age, information that purported to be services and their business opportunities. Okay. So the telemarketing companies that he worked with were the ones scamming people, the elderly, by like saying they had these services to help out their business, but they didn't remember when Whitney was in the limo and she like summed it up really, really well. Like we kept charging their credit card. I mean, I don't know if that's exactly how it was done, but this is making sense. And then he said the services sold were of no value and of no real benefit to the customer. Oh, that sucks. Um, so he's going to be sentenced on March 3rd. Stu is. Um, was released on bail. Um, wow. He's facing a maximum combined sentence of 70 years in prison for the three charges, which those three charges are damn pop up. Sorry, pop up window. Um, one count of conspiracy to commit wire fraud in connection with telemarketing. One count of conspiracy to commit money laundering. And one count. Oh, this is a new one. One count of obstructing an official proceeding. Um, OK, I think that's a new charge. I think it has to do with them like withholding information. Don't quote me on this because it doesn't say it in this page six article. But I remember reading elsewhere. Hold on. Let me Google. Stuart Smith. We're just Googling together in real time. Um, okay. Eyewitness news. Um, I'm looking on eyewitnesses. Does anyone who grew up in New York remember that one um commercial they had like eyewitness news? Okay, sorry. No, that doesn't say either. Wow, way to go, eyewitness news. But I feel like I read something. Okay, hold on. I found our good pal Ronald Richards tweets. Um, he live tweeted the whole thing because of course Ronald Richards did Ronald Richards there's more than one of him oh no don't sue me Ronald Richards anyway um he tweeted the whole thing because of course he did um and he said he is charged with conspiracy to commit wire and money laundering and obstructing an official proceeding commonly known as obstructing justice presumably at Den- Jen's direction um so God, there's so many things he tweeted. This guy is like freaking lightning fingers when it comes to Real Housewives legal problems. My on. Um, I'm just trying to like find for you guys where this obstruction of justice is. Hold on. Ooh, okay. He admits he created a company in Wyoming and hit ownership. This was Jen Shaw's company, according to Ronald Richards. He is 100% flipping on Jen. He basically admits he committed all these frauds on people and pulled cash out to avoid reporting. He also admits to... Oh, this is it. He also commits admits to committing perjury before the FTC and lied for someone, presumably Jen. So I'm guessing, I don't know for sure, but I'm guessing that's where the whole obstruction of justice new charge comes in. So... The too long didn't read of it all is he's in trouble. Now, if he cooperates, which I'm assuming he's going to co- cooperate and like flip on Jen, which he already did. I don't think he's going to get the full sentence. Uh, you know, I think it was 70 years total he's facing. But in the words of the movie Ghost, Jen, you in danger, girl. OK. Wow. Thomas had never seen such a mess in his entire life. Okay. Last bit of Bravo tea I want to talk about. Um, Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, which the acronym is RH 
UGT, which I got to give credit to Ono Bravo. She says it sounds like the noise her dog makes before her dog's about to throw up. And I agree. Like, that's the sound I make when I check my email. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Why do you listen to this podcast? Just kidding. It's great. Um, Anywho, I'm not impressed with it. I know. You're going to egg my apartment. That's okay. But before you egg my apartment, please listen to why I'm not impressed. It just seems like it cheapens the Real Housewives brand. Follow me. I don't know what I was expecting, but I think the little blue sky confessionals and the whole, like, Kyle was like, oh, like, you know when she was talking about how someone in the news, which, like, some other Bravo account, I forgot they said who it was, was finding out that everyone was doing what everyone was doing before the show actually came out and was, like, tweeting about it and whatever. Like, I remember when that happened in real time. But that whole breaking of the fourth wall, which we normally don't get on The Real Housewives, I think it cheapens the brand. It reminds me a little bit, stay with me here, of the Disney Channel, which I love a Disney Channel. But I remember when the Jonas Brothers got their own sitcom. So it was Jonas and then Jonas LA. And, like, me and all my other Jonas Brothers friends were fans fans of the Jonas Brothers we were like oh my god they're getting a sitcom and then they came out with the first episode and Nick Jonas wrote a song about pizza like the pizza girl and it was Sheena Shea by the way fun fact and we were like oh this isn't good this isn't what we thought it was gonna be but we're still gonna watch it anyway and we still love the Jonas Brothers that is exactly what I feel about Ultimate Girls Trip I'm not impressed it's cheap am I still gonna watch it Hell yeah, I'm going to watch it because I love the housewives doing messy things. We love to see it. And I feel like I am the only person with this opinion. Also, I don't know if it was because it was hyped up too much for me. Um, Like, it had come out and I was going to watch it anyway. But because I've just been so busy um, and I haven't really gotten around. like, I got to catch up on so much TV, but you really don't care. I was like, oh, I I need to watch it. And everyone's like, it's so good. You got to watch it. It's so good. You got to watch it. And then I watched it. I'm like are we watching the same show things I do like about it Ramona is finally getting called out I think Ramona should be off my screen forever but that's besides the point um I do like that Teresa's being a little bit messy like um around Melissa when she said oh she's not even an OG like she's saying everyone's an OG except for her which is really funny also um I don't think Cynthia was an OG no she definitely wasn't not that we don't love Cynthia and neither was Kenya but it's just really funny um so yeah is it my favorite Real Housewives series no but it you know it 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 does the trick um I did want to bring up one more thing about the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip oh my god guys I'm so mad right now so in a Facebook group I'm in I saw a Wikipedia post about the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, right? Stay with me. Um, And you know how, like, when you look up on Wikipedia a show, it says, like, seasons one, two, three, whatever, however many seasons there are the show, and it gives a little overview and the cast and whatever. Someone posted in a group, and now I can't find it, and they took it off Wikipedia, season two and three for the cast of Ultimate Girls Trip, which... Um, I do remember Dorinda was listed in season two and I do remember seeing her somewhere that she was either going to be involved 
in this show or something similar. So that probably checked out. But like season three had a mess of people. It was like Lisa Vanderpump, Kelly Dodd, um, and oh, Bethany Frankel. And there were like some other people. Oh, I remember Karen Huger was in it. And we were all like, season three can't be real. And judging that they took it off Wikipedia and I can't find it anywhere on Facebook anymore like it had to be fake I'm not claiming this is real I am totally relieved that this seems like it's not real because why would we hire Kelly Dodd for anything after she's blatantly been acting a damn fool for the past ever did you see what she and her husband Rick Leventhal went as for Halloween first of all he went as a cowboy and she went as a Native American which like problematic AF Okay, we don't do that. But Lynn like kicked it up a notch because on page six, hold on, um, I want to make sure I get everything correct. So I'm doing a little googly goog for you guys. I think he said it was because of the Alec Baldwin shooting on the set of Rust. Hold on. Kelly Dodd, Rick Leventhal, Halloween. Oh, look at that. It's the first Google search. God, they freaking love the attention. Okay. Page six, our little BFF and gossip. Okay, oh my god, the shade. The scariest part of Halloween turned out to be Kelly Dodd and her husband Rick Leventhal. The controversial couple outdid their normally controversial selves by dressing up as Alec Baldwin on the set of Rust and a Native American, both outfitted with prop guns. Okay, I can't. Oh, and then, oh wait, I hate giving them attention, but we need to know how much jerks these people are. He said, Kelly celebrated her Native American heritage and I celebrated the great American film pop-ups popping up over the quotes. Film actor Alec Baldwin, hashtag happy Halloween. That's what Rick was saying. Somebody died. Okay, somebody died on the set of Rust and you guys are acting like a damn fool. So the long and short of that was, I am really hoping she is involved with zero productions for Bravo in the near future and I really hope that casting that has been yanked out of everywhere is false and it's like Wikipedia anyone can edit Wikipedia um I think it was on this podcast that I said a a friend and I wanted to like edit the 2017 word of the year on Wikipedia to be ball bag and we didn't do it but like that's how easy it is to edit Wikipedia so there you have it Okay, hi, I'm dumb. Ready for this one? I was going to do a recap of Vanderpump Rules. I was like, I'm going to record the first half of the episode on Tuesday, and then I'm going to watch Vanderpump Rules and do the second half of the episode on Wednesday, kind of be organized and give off the illusion I have my life together when I really don't. You know what? There was no new episode of Vanderpump Rules because tomorrow's Thanksgiving, so whoops. Um, you know what I did do, though? I did finish all four episodes of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, or Rugs, as they call it. Um, so I will finish recapping that. Like, look at this. I am just pulling back the podcasting curtain for you and really giving away all my secrets, all of them. Um, all right. So I have to say the last couple of episodes of the show definitely went over a lot better with me than the first couple of episodes like I said earlier I think the first couple of episodes I I just felt it was done cheaply but there were a few things that really made me smile with these last few episodes first of all I think it was episode four when they did the little party with Luann and Michael which I'm going to get into their bizarre relationship or lack thereof in just a few um when they did the little like French 
like le femme I don't speak French I'm not about to butcher a gorgeous language but it was like housewives ultimate girls trip only in French and they had like a fake um a fake du- duo why did I want to call it duo no a fake opening Jesus my brain is mush um I was cracking up I I laughed out loud at that um yeah so I thought that was a pr- a pretty bright spot to the whole thing also, okay, I know I said I was going to get into this later, but I want to talk about Luann and Michael. It feels kind of icky to me. It feels very icky to me, okay? There's no way Luann didn't know that Michael was married, okay? I mean, she could pretend not to see the wedding band there, but it was there. You know what I did like, though? Teresa, my girl, real Jersey girl, was like, I noticed your wedding band on your finger. Like, that is what's up. We are loyal to the core here in New Jersey, okay? And Teresa called her out on that, um, or called Michael out on that. And another thing, like, Luann shouldn't feel comfortable hitting on a married man so openly like you know when they did the shot I mean he invited her to do the shot where she took the shot out of his mouth and then she sat on him and then gave him a kiss I was like ooh, remember when somebody kissed Tom at at, um what the hell hotel was it was it the plaza or something like that um and it was like please don't let it be about Tom it's about Tom guess what somebody's texting Michael's significant other and they're like please don't let it be about Michael and and they're like it's about Michael and you were that other person now Luann do you feel good about yourself I don't think so nothing is so weird to me um another couple of thoughts I had on it I think Cynthia's being a little bit over dramatic about the whole Bailey Q thing like so what people didn't want to play your game it's fine it's not something to get upset over they still played it anyway, and you modified it, and everyone had fun, and there was nothing to complain about. I think that goes back to the whole cheapening the brand thing. It's just such a silly fight. I don't know. There, There's so much other drama. Like, there's how many of you on an island, and that's what we're fighting about? A silly game? I don't know. I don't know. We still have a few more episodes to go of it. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I'm just like, my ideas are going like bleep, bloop, blop, bloop, bleep, bloop, blop. I didn't draft anything out this episode, so that's why you're getting me in my craziest form here. Those cards that Louis gave to Teresa every day. Oh, my God. Like, it's both romantic and a little bit terrifying. I am probably sound so cynical, but like, okay. Welcome to my trauma. I'm about to trauma dump on you. I've been so mistreated by men, save for one, that when a guy does something nice for me, I'm like, am I going to get murdered now? Am I going to end up on a true crime special on 2020? This is not good. So if if someone filled my suitcase with a bunch of cards, I'd be like, murder, murder. I'm not used to nice things. So I don't, I'm, I'm a little weirded out by that gesture, but Teresa seems to love it. She seems really happy. Um... And speaking of Teresa, I just, the fight that she and Melissa had, which I did go into a little bit earlier, but now I saw it more in depth. They get into a whole fight at the table about like when Melissa joined. And I I don't know if this is popular or unpopular. And I did talk about this with Kix and Tom on the Dumpster Dive podcast. So if you haven't listened to that already, make sure you go listen to it. Okay. I think Teresa's right in this situation. 
I do. This she started the the franchise. She's one of the OGs. Is she the only OG left? No, Ramona and technically Luann are, even though Luann had a break. But she's one of the only true OGs left. And Melissa just wasn't that. And Melissa kind of crashed on her turf. And I think Teresa has every right to still be a little bit salty about it. I don't think she needs to hold it over Melissa's head. But, like, I think if she wants to be a little salty salt about it, she is 100% in the right to do so. But it was also kind of funny going into their confessionals and Melissa was like, you know, I don't want to ever get back to the place where we weren't talking, we're family, we should talk. And then Teresa's is like, they're the only family I have here. I literally have no other family, so I'm not about to fight with them. And I'm like, oh my God, like I'm sure that's not how she meant it, but it was hysterical. I am just always, always here for Teresa. But those are really my thoughts on the show. I think, like I said, is it my favorite thing Bravo's ever done? No. Well, is it entertaining? Yeah, I'm definitely going to finish it out and watch it. Um, I think this is a good place to, to put a little bow on this podcast. Um, it is the night before Thanksgiving now. I am going to a bar with my friends later. It is not a classy establishment, so I don't think I'm going to get any espresso martinis. But, you know, I might get some rubbing alcohol martinis, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of the Believe in Bravo Besties podcast. I am thankful for you listening this Thanksgiving. Make sure you give me a follow on TikTok and Instagram at Diana Jebbia, G-E-B-B-I-A, and believe uh, they're at Believe Podcasts and Believe Pop Culture. That's spelled B-L-E-A-V. And remember to rate, review, give it five stars. I'm giving you a little hug. If you if you don't see me, I'm doing it right now. I'm hugging the mic. It's awkward. The mic's saying, please stop that. Subscribe. And I will talk to you next week, babe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.